stranded after dark. I want to welcome everybody out there, not just in the States, but of course, overseas, worldwide, the entire universe. I just want to thank everybody for taking the time out tonight just to be able to be here, not just because we have this beautiful guest that we have on, but we have, of course, wonderful music, conversation, uh, topics, different things going on. So I want to welcome also my, my beautiful host, Sweet Aaron, alongside I am Brandon tonight. Sweet Aaron, what's up, girl? I am so excited. I'm good. I'm really good. Well, you know what? I've, I've been excited. It's going to be really I'm... sexy tonight. Indeed, indeed. And um, as I get ready to introduce this young lady on to Branded After Dark, I, I want to say, you know, it, it, she she kind of has a phenomenon thing going on with, uh, with, with, with everything Zane and, you know, not just the books, but now television and um, just capturing a lot of imagination not just on a on a sexual level but on an imaginative level and also on a uh you know uh creativity level and you know I, I don't think really there's not too many people that could do it like this young lady zane who we have on tonight on branded after dark miss zane how you doing sweetheart i'm great and yourself hello welcome thank you well, you know, I gotta Glad make to sure I here. give uh, I gotta make sure I give credit where credit is due, and uh, you know, congratulations on everything that you are continuing to accomplish. I mean, not just starting out, but where you're going right now. And um, I gotta tell you, it's it's it, it's really it's really a good look to be able to um, you know see it all transpire, and not just uh, you know just the phenomenon that that has been with your books. Um, but also television now. I mean, you're getting a lot of buzz with TV now. How's that feel? Oh, it's great. Um, anytime I can be creative, it's a blessing. There you go. There you go. And, of course, she is brought to you by eroticanoir.com, N-O-I-R. You can be able to check out the website and, of course, follow her on Twitter at Planet Zane. And um, just... Just on the on just in talking to you about just the books and just the pop culture that I think you've created, not just with uh, you know women of all cultures, um, you know even men, because you know men have to check out the 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 book just to see what the ladies are actually getting into as well. So I mean, when you when you really kind of step back out of your out of your, you know, you you kind of have an out of body experience, I guess you could say. Um, how, how does that actually feel? That it's just captures so much <laughs> love from um, everywhere. You know, I really don't even really think about that to that degree, except when I'm actually at like doing an event or something, and people express that to me or mm -hmm. they email it to me. For me, I'm just doing what comes naturally. Right. It's great that different people really embrace my work and appreciate my work. But I'm really one of those writers that truly writes about stuff that has some type of significance or meaning to me or some kind of interest. It's, it's of interest to me. And it's so funny because that's one of the uh, things I was going to post online either today or tomorrow is do they feel, do people feel that most writers actually do that? Do right. they really okay. just, do they write just to be writing something? And, <laughs> or do they write because they're really passionate about what they write about? For me, I always write about something that I'm passionate about. And, again, this is really remarkable and a blessing that other people can appreciate it. Absolutely. I think a lot of people pick that passion up when, uh, you know, when they read your books and, 
um, you know, just kind of see it. I mean, not just on a sexual level, like I said, but also just on, you know, you have to be real creative, not just with characters, but you just have to be real creative. And like you said, passionate about, you know, setting the stage and being able to mm -hmm. do what you do as far as being an author, right? Yes, exactly. And I just think that a lot of people are not really, well, I can't say that. I think that there are those that yes, are like yeah. that, but then I do think that we're in an age <laughs> where a lot of people are just throwing anything out there, <laughs> mm -hmm. just to be honest. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it works it. for them, that's fine. <laughs> huh? I said that's why you can say it. It's because it's Yeah, there. I mean, you if can, that works for it, them, right? that's fine. Like, I'll give you an example. When I first started writing, a lot of publishers came to me and offered me deals, but they wanted me to change my writing style. You know, they suggested that I write, you know, a um, Harlequin romance type of book or I forgot what it was called at the time. What were they? You remember there were a line of, oh, Arabesque. Remember they had those okay. Arabesque black romance books? Or, you know, you know vaguely, a Terry McMillan type of novel. Right. Yeah, or a Terry McMillan And Terry is a friend of mine, but, I mean, her passion is her passion and mine right. is mine. And I said, well, at that point, doing that kind of writing becomes begins to be a chore for me, and I'm not interested in that. I write what I enjoy writing, and it's not just about sex. I mean, for me, you know, it's interesting that a lot of people say, oh, Zane writes sex books, or she, you know, writes erotica. I never read one single erotic story or book before I started writing at all. And it was wow. so interesting Amen. that that's not what I set out to do ever. But I don't right. feel that it's something that should be um, toned down because people don't tone it down in real life. Those are just aspects of the characters. It's their life. Right. And I don't feel like, I mean, people don't turn off some kind of faucet when it comes to romance, or at least they shouldn't. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, right. <laughs> For me, I'm writing about characters, and the characters that I write about are mostly young, career-driven, ambitious people. So why wouldn't they also have a very vibrant love life? Right. Right. Full of full <laughs> of passion, full of you know, full of chaos, and you know, to certain degrees, and 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 just right. Full so of, a person, I mean, it's ridiculous know. to think that somebody's supposed to be passionate, ambitious, and determined when it comes to their career, or mm -hmm. when it comes to their relationships with their children, or their friends and family. But then, when it comes to intimacy, you just be like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the jump off is about five fraternity brothers in Miami who are in their early to mid-30s, and um, they belong to Sigma Omega Kappa fraternity that I made up, and it's all about their relationships with each other and their relationships with their women in their lives. One is married, um, one is, one is uh, single. One is um, separated, one is divorced. Well, actually, I'm sorry, two are single, and one is separated, one is divorced. 
So they and they're all very different characters. They all have very strong character arcs. The main character is a professional football player whose moniker is the jump off because he's known for running down the field himself, carrying the ball himself and jumping over the defensive line of the opposing team. And he also right. owns a nightclub called the Jump Off. And then one of the characters, Spencer Martinez, is a on-air nighttime personality who does a radio show called The Other Side of the Pillow along with his co-host, Nanny Carter, Nandy Carter, and then one of the characters just um, got out of prison after committing a white-collar crime, so he's trying to get his life back together. His wife divorced him while he was in jail, and so those, that is what it basically is about. So it's five main characters. One is a financial advisor who's slightly older, who is the one who pledged all the rest of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you can be able to check out Zane's to Jump Off on Cinemax, check your local listings um, in your uh, areas and time zones as well. And Zane is here on Branded After Dark. And, you know, as far as the characters that's that's created, I mean, you you know, like I say, you're, you're already on, what, episode 10 right now. And, you know, the people that actually haven't had a chance to really absorb it, it's definitely a must look at as far as everything that we just talked about from um you know just just relationships the 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 drama that comes with some of them um you know there's there's <laughs> there's a stalker in one of them as well i guess you could say right yeah and mm -hmm. um you know and that and, all comes and, like in the you know if people really watch the show they'll see where i'm going with that with the brenda mm -hmm. character um you know, in the, in the pilot episode, some may remember, there was a girl named Mia who approached her and said that she used to date Dimitri. And right. Brenda basically told her to get over it. You know, if he doesn't want right. you, he doesn't want you. you know? And now mm -hmm. she's finding herself in much the same position, but she's handling it ten times worse than the girl Mia did. I mean, we never saw, you know, Mia again. Right. Right. Yeah, but I mean, so, a lot of... And so later, know, I'm sure, right? I know you, yeah, I know you can't say a whole lot, but I'm pretty sure we might see her again, right? Which one? Mia or Brenda? Me, uh, Mia. No, no, Mia, she gave up. <laughs> <laughs> but Brenda, you know, we definitely have not seen the end of Brenda. Mm. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> but, you know, it also brings up the topic. One thing I want to express is that Dimitri never lied to Brenda. He never claimed that he was in love with her. He right. never claimed her as his woman, you know, any of that stuff like that. He made it very clear that they were just friends. But he also realized, he also realized that um, she was hoping that he would change and he would fall in love with her. Right. And it begs the question, who's responsible for that? In that type of situation, if a man is sleeping with a woman, and he knows for a fact that she expects more, shouldn't he be the If he realizes that she's not going to give up because, she, in her mind, she thinks she's going to make it work, that she's going to get him. And is it should the man be the one that walks away, or should the woman? Because nine times out of ten, the woman is not going to um, walk away. Right. Because, I mean, because there, there, there's feelings that, that I guess 
progresses. I mean, you know, it, and, and even though, you know, Dimitri, who's, who's played by Mean Joseph, you know, for the most part, like you said, he, he already expressed exactly what it is that he wanted from her. But, uh, you know, sometimes people kind of catch feelings as they go through that thing, right? Right. He knew it because at one point she even said she loved him. You know, when she was mm-hmm. cuddling with him, she said, I mean, and that's, at that point, he should have done something about it. But, I mean, you know, but he just let it go on and on. And the same thing with Woody. You know, Woody was sleeping with Giselle and right. realized, even though that clearly started out when she just tried to seduce him for sex, you know, mm-hmm. he knew her feelings were changing as well. And it's really so, just about how women and men regard, you know, different situations differently. Right. And, and to me, I think it's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good gauge that people can actually take because you know, even though, like you said, it's it's, you know, it's um, characters that, you know, a lot of people probably can relate to in a certain point in time because, like you said, not not everybody has a uh, <laughs> has a black or white uh, situation in their relationship. It might be gray, a whole lot of gray in certain cases. So you know, it's 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 good to be able to you know, see just some of that because, you know, the people that love drama and good acting, I think that's a, you know, that's that's good. And also, you have to be mm-hmm. commended too, Zane, for, you know, executive producing this, uh, not just Zane's a jump off, but you also did Sex Chronicles um, as well. That was on Cinemax. So, you know, it's, how, how has that transitioned from being an author to uh, producing, you know, television work for you? It's a totally different concept. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I won't say that it's easy, but it's very rewarding. I love it. Um, it is definitely different when I'm writing, even when I'm writing the scripts for the show. Um, I'm alone with my laptop when I'm on set 14 hours a day, six days a week, with an 80-member crew and a 30-plus member cast. It's a totally different situation, (laughs) you know, because then I'm literally dealing with, you know, over 100 people a day. It's a big production. I'm responsible for, um, I'm responsible for about $100,000 a day on a budget. Okay. Are you, are you happy with the, with the visual work? Yeah, I'm very happy with the visual work. I, yeah, I think I'm very a lot happy, of very too. proud of the production. Um, the difference between the Sex Chronicles and the Jump Off was that um, with the Sex Chronicles, we shot on a sound stage. With the um, Jump Off, we shot on location. Okay. Which one did you like better? Um, the sound stage, in some ways, made it easier because we didn't have to move everything around, but the location to me gave us much better production value than the Sex Chronicles, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, you know, there's a big difference. You can tell the difference between, even though we had a great set designer and all that kind of stuff, there's a big difference between being on a sound stage and, for example, in the jump off, Gabriel Turner's office was actually the 35th floor penthouse of the Watermark Tower. Um, in Los Angeles, and we were able to use real houses, so real offices, real restaurants. You know, the jump-off was actually an actual club called the R Lounge, which is in um, L.A. So to me, you know, the look is a much crisper look because then we just come in and kind of redress what's already there. 
um, right. as opposed to building restaurants and building houses right. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. On the flip side, it was a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because right. when we lose locations, yeah. we, I mean, you know, it involves, uh, we probably had, wow, you know, probably anywhere between 12 to 15 trucks. You know, because you have generator trucks, you have um, the uh, mobile trailers for the for the cast. You have to have a wardrobe ta- uh, trailer, makeup trailer, hair trailer, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, like right. truck wagon trucks to serve food, um, parking. You know, every time we went somewhere, we had to arrange parking, even if it was up to a mile away. I had to have a transportation crew with 15 passenger vans to take people back and forth. And, you know, it's a much bigger yeah. thing Did than you just ever... having to shooting at a soundstage and the soundstage has a parking lot, you know, people show up and the <laughs> right, right. wardrobe guy has a room, you know, he just keeps right. the wardrobe there all the time. You know, but so it's a trade-off for it. Did you ever and it takes a lot of time to, to lighten time? set. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Did you did you ever actually get to come out and shoot in Miami? We did shoot in Miami. We shot um, most of us shot in LA, and then we shot ninety five percent of the exteriors in Miami. Um, all of the oh, beach wow. scenes were in Miami. Um, I wish I would have known. I would have uh, golf course was in Miami. <laughs> um, we did shoot at a couple of houses in Miami. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would have come Zane out is our guest. Zane, <laughs> Zane is our guest on Branded After Dark, and uh, you can also follow her on Twitter at Planet Zane, and you can, of course, go to her website at eroticanord.com. And, you know, real quickly on the, on, on the Sex Chronicles, um, are you going to ever revisit that? Because, you know, there, there was so many, like, open-ended, uh, you know, it, it ended with so many questions, I guess you could say, right, you know, after the second season. Um, will you ever yeah, revisit no, that, that again? Yeah, no, that won't be coming back. <laughs> no? <laughs> and it wasn't me, you know, and everybody gave Cinemax a bad rap. It had nothing, it was not Cinemax, it was me. And I okay. had my reasons for doing that. Um, and it was just unfortunate, but no, I definitely will not be bringing the Sex Chronicles yeah. back. <laughs> you know, and, and, and know it I, was I, for the best. I mean, the Sex Chronicles ended up being a very difficult show to do, and the only reason why, um, when HBO, who is the parent company of San Cinemax, first approached me about this, they had read the Sex Chronicles and wanted to take the short stories and turn them into, you know, uh, half-hour episodes, kind of like Red Shoe Diaries. Right. When I went in to meet with them, and they met me and found out about my life, they said, oh, well, wow, we'd rather the show be about you. So that's how the whole thing started. And it was really hard to write two shows, carry two shows in one in 30 30 minutes. So I do feel like there was some things lost there. Also, um, the main character being me was not the most comfortable concept for me, even though it was a cute idea in the beginning. (laughs) I... um, (laughs) I'm a right. very private person, but the character was really like 85% true to life. And okay. I didn't want to write a character that wasn't me. You know, I didn't, because I know how people are. I mean, even people who read some of my books, they think I'm like the characters from my books. 
So I was very cognizant of the fact if a character is named Zane, that people were going to assume, right, right. you know, that everything this character was doing was really me. And a lot, like I said, the majority of it was. I mean, I changed some things on the show. My character was um, the v- vice president of marketing for a makeup company. I decided to make that more exciting, whereas I actually was in marketing for a major paper company based out of South, South Africa when I became Zane. You know, okay. so paper is not exciting. So I changed that to cosmetics. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the majority of what happened on the show was really my real life. Mm-hmm. Which is why, by the way, my character didn't sleep in back with anybody to episode six. <laughs> which was, which, except for that right. one flashback at the beginning, which was very interesting because, you know, Cinemax, of course, one of my character having sex, I was like, no, I said that this is my character. <laughs> right, right. You know, Absolutely. I would not be running around just having sex with a bunch of random people. So, right. you know, my character on the show was truly me. On the jump off, the character Nandy, even though I don't call her Zane, the stuff that she says on the radio show, um, all of that is me. Like, all the stuff she says on the radio is really me. That's stuff I actually okay. say, like, on Facebook or just whatever stuff I've been saying for a long time and my outlook on situations, a lot of the call-in situations and a lot of the topics are actually topics that I've covered, you know, on my Facebook page or in my books um, and that kind of stuff. So that's the way I kind of interject myself into that show without having to call somebody Zane. <laughs> right, right. Makes perfect sense. So sure. You know, there Mon- were many reasons why I ended the Sex Chronicles, but the main reason was I really, because I am such a private person, mm-hmm. I really didn't want a show on the air about my life for a long period right. of time. No, that, that, that <laughs> makes perfect sense, especially because, you know, you being who you are, it's it's... You know, it, it makes sense. The way you explained it, it makes perfect sense, and, and, I, can, mm-hmm. and I can dig that. And, and Nandy, that's that the Monique Cash is, is she plays Nandy on the Zane's yeah. Jump Off, which is on Cinemax, and you can go ahead and check your local listings for that. And you know, the cool thing about it, Zane, is the the fact that you were able to bring some of the good actors from the Chronicle over to the Jump Off. And are you handpicking a lot of these as far as you know, just their acting talents itself, or um, you know, you you have a you have a good team that supports you in that too. Well, I have a casting director, but, yeah, I do make the casting. I am, like, from the beginning, I always envision, even when writing the script, I envision Eamon as the lead from the okay. very beginning. And I kind of wrote the script based on his swag, as I call it, as I address it, his voice, his mannerisms. So right. I knew that he would fit right into that role because I actually did for the most part, write that role based on him. Because at that point, I knew him fairly well, you know, as far as working with him, you know, two seasons. So, I mean, he's such a serious actor, you know. I, I really, you know, he yeah. really is. He takes every scene seriously. He wants to understand it, understand where the character is going from, under, coming from, understand why a man would act like this or that, why he would do this. And he really just, you know, really gives it a lot of thought, even his movements and stuff. And sometimes we're on set, you know, he's like, okay, I just need a moment to get into that space. He really gets into, and all of them do, all of them, all of the guys on the show, well, the whole cast really, but especially the guys are just very seasoned actors. You know, Ken Yumba, who plays Woody, is the one with the least experience, but Sean Riggs, who plays Ernest, is just phenomenal as well. 
Um, J. Teddy Garcia used to play Spencer, you know, has a long history of um, work. And he's a very serious actor as well. I mean, and Damon, Damien Raven, I just love him. I mean, he's like the perfect, on the Sex Chronicles, he was like the perfect married man. And yeah, on yeah. <laughs> Jump Off, he and his wife, I really wanted, again, I wanted to have that one couple that signified what love is truly supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And you have and that with him too. And and Aspen. Had, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I mean the because way that know, they talk, the way that they kid around with each other, the way that mm-hmm. they make love. You know, um, right. you know, men married. You know, that's. I, I just feel like that's the way a married couple should be. You got to add some flavor to it and everything. That's 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 true. And then real quick, you know, like you said about just you know you're working with uh, uh, Mr. Amin Joseph. Um, you know, because the first couple of seasons of the Chronicles, you, you put that boy through an emotional ringer. So he was able to display, mm-hmm. like, you know, a whole lot of good acting talent as far as, you know, it, that, that was really the first time I had a chance to really check him out and see what he was about. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, that, that, that was a good, that was a good, a good look just to be able to have him as the role of Dimitri. I thought that was a, a good choice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was, like I said, the one that I always had in mind. And again, mm-hmm. it wasn't the ca- and it wasn't the cast fault that the show didn't go on. So, I wanted to try to rectify that in a way. Right. And uh, right. I'm glad that I was able to do that because it wasn't. You know, they worked really, really hard. You know, on the show. And again, it wasn't anything of their doing. So um, I was able to rectify that and do it in a way where the shows are so different that one role doesn't really overshadow the other one. Gotcha. That's awesome. Gotcha. Can we look, can we look forward to a movie? Yeah, actually, yeah, I'm waiting on the release date for Addicted. It's been shot since last November. Oh, wow. I know right. that Lionsgate has right. been doing some, um, well, I know they, they've done a few screenings to try to kind of tweak it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just waiting for the main release date. But that is done. And um, the cast for it is Sharon Leal, um, Tasha Smith. Boris Kojo, um, Tyson uh, Beckford, mm, William Lord, Levi, Cat um, <laughs> Graham, and uh, you have a, we have a very um, great cast on the show. I mean, on the movie, yeah. and the you know, and the movie does follow very very closely to the book because I know that's a big gripe that um, people always have. So I can say that it's very similar to the book, but there are. You know, some changes that had to be made because Addicted was told in first person what she was thinking, what was going through her mind. And, of course, in the movie, it's the total opposite. But as far as the dialogue and all of that, you know, so it it, it follows very closely to the book. Wonderful. Perfect. As Zane is our guest on Branded After Dark, a couple of quick questions before we let you go. And, you know, I always, I always mm-hmm. wanted to ask, with, with someone that is, um, you know, so creative with everything that you do from books to now television and, and just, you know, everything that you've captured as far as people's imagination and attention, you know, there, there, there's so many people out there that want to ask, like, is, is there any misconceptions that people would have when it comes to either you, your books, and now television? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there are a ton of them. <laughs> um, I'm probably name, one, name a couple the, the one author who probably has more misconceptions than just about anybody in wow. regards to who I really am and what my purpose really is. But 
most of that comes from people who don't read my books and watch my shows. So they, but so let they me base just say that I have no problem with anything that I have done. I have no regrets, and I make no excuse. There's no reason for me to make excuses for it because I haven't done anything mm-hmm. wrong. You know, I'm here because my parents had sex. Everybody right. else is here um, <laughs> because their parents had sex. Really? And hopefully no. I would like to think that when my parents made me, that it was really good sex. So, exactly. Um, and, and in fact, my parents just uh, celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary. Oh. So it must have been really good sex. You yeah. know, and, um, you know, and so it's just interesting. But, again, the people just really get caught up in that with my books and my writing, even the jump off and the Sex Chronicles, even though they're technically, you know, the late night adult kind of shows, I took what was normally just sex, 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 sex on those shows mm-hmm. and really cut that down. With the Sex Chronicles, we went from the average Cinemax show had like 16 minutes of sex and a 30-minute show. I cut that right. down to like eight minutes on the Sex Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And with the jump off, I know, you know, for the majority of the episodes, there's no more than that. I mean, I really took it and gave it, you know, a storyline. Because if you look at the right. jump off, or even, you know, if you really look at the jump off, if we took out all of the sex scenes and just, you know, alluded to people having sex, the story would still be compelling. Absolutely. The characters would still be developed. And that's why I try to tell people the difference between erotica and porn, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. that erotica... Tell the story you care about. It's not about people having sex. It's about right. caring about why they're having sex and who these people are to each other and what their backgrounds are and, you know, mm-hmm. who are they. You know, not just right. as anybody, you know, just by any writer can just write something and say, oh, you know, we went in the room and started going at it. He did this. He whipped that out. She did this. You know, and honestly, <laughs> who really cares? Right. You know, um, perfect example, when I first did one of my flavor books, this lady wrote the story, and she just said, oh, we hadn't seen each other in years, and we came in the room and we ripped each other's clothes off. So I emailed her back, and I said, look, I said, I really like your imagery, you know, your imagery and all that kind of stuff, but who are these people? Why should I care that they're having sex? You know, tell me a story. You know, the sex is right. fine, but tell me a story. And she actually took it to heart and came back to me with a story that actually was very, so good, I made it the first story in the book. And she really, you know, developed the character. It was a woman who rode a bus, who saw this guy all the time, a blue-collar worker. And he finally said something to her. And it turned out that, you know, she kept wondering why he never asked her out. It turned out he was in a halfway house, you know, so he had to be back by a certain time. And then he ended up committing a crime and going back to jail. And the whole time he was in jail, despite her friends and family talking junk, she would go to visit him, catch the bus, you know, up there, and visit him on visiting day and all stuff. And so then we get to the point where he just got out of prison. Now it makes Mm -hmm. sense. Now it makes sense that they (laughs) would have this passion, you know, for each other, you know, because they had to wait all these years because he was like, you know, that kind of thing. 
you know, to me, right. that's erotica, not, oh, let's go for it, you know, jump the bones yeah. kind of thing. It's not right. like, it's not like, ding dong, pizza's here, okay, let's have sex. <laughs> right, you know, and, and I actually have heard people, I was, at, I was at the University of Maryland one time years ago, and I don't even remember the man's name now, I had never heard of him before that day, and I really haven't given him much thought since that day, but I, I, I was <laughs> pregnant at the time. And, you know, I was pregnant, and I told my husband, I said, oh, I'm going to run over here to this thing they're having at the University of Maryland, this black writers conference or something. And I went over there, waddled in there like eight months pregnant, and sat down in the back. I was going through the little gift bag, and it was at that time, most people still didn't have no idea what I looked like. So I'm sitting there, and the next thing you know, I hear my, my name coming out of somebody's mouth on stage. <laughs> Oh, and, wow. sitting, and there's this man on stage talking about me like he knows me, like he's my daddy or something. Wow. <laughs> you know, explaining why Zane decided to write Addicted, why she writes sex books, uh, yada, oh. yada, yada, you know, my all of this God. stuff. And so there was Ooh. one author on the stage who knew who I was, and I said, well, he, was, he was a moderator. So at the end, I raised my hand and asked a question. He didn't want to call on me. <laughs> Uh, and he kept calling uh, other people. He kept calling, and other people told that man off. They were like, "Why would you talk about Zane like that?" I mean, right. we like Zane. So when he finally got to me, I just, I just said to him, "I said, you know, I have no idea who you are." I said, "But I happen to be Zane." Mm-hmm. I said, "And none of the stuff mm-hmm. that you said about me is correct." <laughs> I said, "You know, you." I just asked when everybody knows you're telling me, but he was really talking like he was some kind of authority on my life explaining why mm. I do what I do. Uh, so, and so that, you know, that really, you know, how can people, you know, do the, you know and it only made him look stupid. Right. You know, quite honestly, it made him look really, really stupid, you know, because he should have been up there promoting, um, he should have the been up there his promoting face, his own book. You can only imagine what the look on his face looks like. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, one other question, real quick. Zane's our guest on Branded After Dark. And do, do a lot of people come to you and tell you, you know what, you helped marriages, you helped people's sex life, you saved marriages because of what you do and how you do it and, you know, you know mm-hmm. books and now TV. Do you, you, you get a lot of that, right? Yes, I do. And I have quite a few babies named after me, too. <laughs> hey! <laughs> There you go. How, how does that, I mean, how does that make you feel? Like, you know, I mean, do, do a lot of people kind of look at you as like the the perfect sex counselor, I guess you could say, when it comes to that? Are you a sexpert? <laughs> sex, yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I'm a woman who is uninhibited, who believes that if women are going to have sex, that they should enjoy sex. I believe in empowering and uplifting women in all aspects of their lives. And to be honest, you know, the thousands of emails that I get a month, I would say that 98% of them have absolutely nothing to do with the actual sex act. Okay. Sex is something that you have when you, it's enjoyable when everything else is, is aligned in your life. Right. You know, and so I concentrate more on those other aspects of a person's life. You know, as far as I'm concerned, as far as the whole sex thing, I really broke that down in my book, Dear G-Spot. Um, right. <laughs> really, I mean, that was my sex manual. So um, that was it. 
You know what I mean? Okay. And yeah, I have the sex scenes in my books and all that stuff. I think that a lot of women just realize that one reason why I start, why I kept doing this, is because I realized a lot of women were thanking me for letting them know that they were normal. Right. You know, a lot right. of women right. really think there's something wrong with them if they have a lot of sexual desires and stuff like that. And I continue doing this because I just don't see anything wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. You as know, guy, I'm not, you think, know, somebody guy, that runs around, you know, having sex uh-huh. with random men, right. you know, who's very promiscuous. You know, like a lot of people have that misconception. Like most people don't know that I married somebody I've known since I was 10 years old. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? But, you know, you people probably think, oh, Zane probably is running around. Having one night stands, you know, all that kind of <laughs> just, stuff. Just, you know, just off the chain, I mean, erotic, like I've everything, known, right? Yeah, I mean, but doesn't mean just because I married somebody I know since I was ten doesn't mean that I can't have a great sex life. Absolutely. Right. right. <laughs> and, and, and as a guy, you don't have to be nailing everything that walks to have right. a good sex life. Right. And, and as a guy, and as a guy, because guys need to have sexual imaginations just like women, but, you know, like you said, it's okay for women out there to have a healthy sexual imagination. Take it from a guy, it's important because you can't just, you, you just can't be plain. You just can't be plain when you're with somebody that you say you love and care about, et cetera, et cetera, right? You got to have some kind of, you know, you want to open up your, yeah, your sexual book and go through as many pages as you can, right? My right, opinion. exactly. I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Follow this young lady on Twitter, at Planet Zane. Do it right now, and also hit up her website. She has her Zane store that's there. You can go pick up uh, all the books, and you can, of course, check out Zane's The Jump Off on Cinemax. Check your local listings. And, um... I gotta, I gotta thank you for hanging out with us for as, as long as you have, and I gotta definitely tell you too, as a uh, huge fan of what you've done so far and continue to do, I just want to keep seeing you grow, and it, you know, I love, I love the fact that your growth is now being shown on TV. So <laughs> I love that too. So it's, it's good, to, it's good to be able to see. And this, this woman's a boss. She's executive producing, you know, a, a huge pop culture. Zane movement that that she has, and you know you can't you can't get any better than that. And I just love to see you continue to grow, and and um you know we 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 gonna be checking it out on Cinemax as long as you got these things um, going on in your books. We're 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 good, we're good. I'm okay. Thank you so honored. much. I'm absolutely honored to have spoken with you, and and you know you you have just made one more person um subscribe to Cinemax. Oh, yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, one hundred, one hundred percent. Well, thanks so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We're gonna Take care. we're gonna continue to keep spreading the love and you know directing everybody over to Planet Zane. So you know we're gonna keep spreading that love right here on Next Legacy Radio. So I appreciate Zane for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll be back after this. Next Legacy.